0: AI is a force for good, or is it? Can AI be forced to leverage bad things? How do we detect them? How can we reduce AI's ability to make malware even worse in 2024 in this episode of the On-Premise IT Podcast? Welcome to the On-Premise IT Podcast, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and as a part of Gestalt IT, each episode, I get to bring you the perspectives and opinions of a group of IT luminaries, real experts in their field on a variety of enterprise IT topics. But we usually pick one topic, a premise, and we stick to it for the whole episode. I'd like to take a moment for our panelists to introduce themselves before we jump into the premise for this episode, starting with Gerard.
1: What's going on, everyone? Uh, Gerard Cavalinis here. I'm the founder of TechHouse 570. You can find me on Twitter at G Cavalinis, on LinkedIn at Gerard Cavalinis, wherever books are sold. Hi,
2: everyone. My name is Yves Levy, I'm CEO and founder of Cloud Salting.
1: Hi, Matt Tower. I am uh,
3: president and uh, chief analyst over at the Competitive Corner and uh, come to the table with uh, 15 plus years in data protection, cybersecurity, and data resilience. So really looking forward to this topic.
0: All right. Well, thank you all very much for joining us. Let's jump into the premise for today's episode. It's 2024. Malware is on the tip of everyone's tongue and slightly behind that in that bitter section of your tongue is AI. I know we've talked about it. We've said so much about it. It's always in the news, but there's real traction with AI in the industry and people are starting to leverage it, not just for good, but for bad you'd be surprised what you can get away with by feeding the right lines to some kind of GPT algorithm and doing some nefarious things with it. It can write code, it can come up with scripts, it can do just about anything you want it to do, including optimizing your malware to be even more insidious than it had been before. So the premise for today's episode is that AI is gonna make malware even worse. So who wants to jump in and agree or disagree with that premise?
1: I'll hop in. I mean, I'm without question to, you know, we've seen malware, you know, gradually rise over the past few years or so, a lot more, you know, targeted attacks. And I think with AI being such a low cost solution, we're starting to leverage it in a multitude of different capacities. You know, these threats are going to be just as more advanced and sophisticated, right? That's not going to change. Um, I think what's also going to be, you know, the terrifying part to that is leveraging AI, you're going to have a lot more personalized and targeted attacks that could especially be leveraged at the cloud. So you're, you know, setting yourself up for those exploits and having that vulnerability available in a, in a multitude of different endpoints and capacities.
3: Well, I, I'll agree. I mean, we've already seen, uh, you know, the advent of uh, the ransomware as a service uh, industry and, uh, you know, you have to almost treat it as if it's a business. And just like, uh, you know, we're seeing enterprises and regular legitimate businesses pivoting and, and uh, evolving and adopting these newer technologies. Of course, we're going to see it coming from the bad actor side of the house as well, where they're going to start leveraging those various tools uh, and already are. And you're seeing that in terms of not just uh, polymorphism, in terms of actually uh, ransomware th- uh, strains that are uh, rapidly changing even after deployment. But I think they're going to leverage it for the automation aspects to, uh, of it as well, in terms of finding new vulnerabilities and, you know, finding new ways to maybe hide in plain sight and uh, and be even more malicious. So I, I absolutely think that that's going to be a big problem.
2: Yeah, I also agree uh, with what uh, was shared here recently. It's, um, it's a growing concern, especially the automation part and the ever-changing form of uh, malware going forward. Uh, you know, With AI behind it to power it, that's definitely going to be a, a major concern um, for this year.
0: All right, I got to do this. I don't want to throw cold water on this whole thing, but this isn't going to happen. I'm gonna tell the open AI people to go in there and create some custom code that says, you cannot use my platform to write malware. Uh, if I give you a prompt that says, help me hack into my girlfriend's phone, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can, just, I can fix this before it even starts. It's just a simple control, guys. You guys are blowing this out of proportion.
2: I think there's a growing uh, trend uh, out there online um, with bypassing you know, the mechanism over and over and over again. Um, you know, with simulation of different drills, theoretical exercises, all kinds of good stuff uh, that can be done as a practice, of course, and it's not intended for, for real use.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like the last two years, especially more so in 2023 and, you know, coming into 2024 being in it is you're going to see a lot more breach and attack simulation, pen testing settings where they're just going to keep ripping the code apart, ripping it apart, ripping it apart until eventually they modify it to get it to where they want to.
3: Yeah, and, and you're kind of seeing the industry preparing for that kind of thing. Like uh, if you see uh, recently at AWS reInvent, they launched uh, Guardrails, uh, which was uh, one of their AI tools to kind of help secure the models themselves. So, I mean, to Tom's point, I think that's going to be kind of on the defensive side, the next evolution uh, of uh, or the next turn of the wheel, if you will, uh, with AI uh, and the, the big models out there is, uh, you know, to start to introduce some of these checks and balances to reduce or make it more difficult, at least, to do kind of that uh, prompt manipulation that you were talking about there, Ziv. I think it's fascinating that we've
0: already seen kind of this prompt manipulation or AI um, avoidance uh, through some of the catchy euphemisms we see in uh, social media today. All you got to do is go watch something on TikTok where someone refers to somebody becoming unalive, and you'll know why people are trying to dodge these specific um, algorithm hunters. They know what the uh, the audio waveform for the word kill looks like, and they will wipe it out. But I, th- I think one of the problems that we're running into is that this is something that a lot of people are using publicly accessible AI sources for. Nobody's going to spend 2 million dollars and stand up their own Nvidia cluster to do malware development on it. So is there a way for the providers for these systems to be more proactive in locking people out or gathering analytics from what they're seeing run on the platform to say, "Hey, you know, we're we're seeing people that are trying to attack this specific segment of devices, maybe we need to warn the manufacturers that there's an attack coming in this area and they're basically just trying to refine their their entry points.
3: I'm, I'm going to jump in on something that you just said there and, and counterpointed. It. It's like uh, you were saying, you know, a lot of the, the bad actors aren't going to spend $2 million building a, a NVIDIA cluster to develop their own uh, AI model, but um, the state-sponsored ones certainly would. So, you know... Uh, <laughs> Yes and no. It's like at some point, it, does it reach that uh, tipping point of a business where you are actually going to see some of the big ransomware uh, organizations spending that kind of money on infrastructure to uh, to develop their own platforms and AI uh, uh, tools to kind of get even further ahead? So uh, that, that was the only counterpoint I was going to give there.
0: Or perhaps renting those AI services from a state-sponsored actor that is um, less opposed to development on that platform for a fee.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and even further, than, uh, you know, I think it's, it would be it would become a lot easier to actually go and start training um, you know, different models even if they're very small, but they're going to be very very accurate. And it's going to be driven by, you know, past attacks, past vulnerabilities and it's going to keep on gathering information and keep on gathering data just to get better and better and better. So I think it's a, this would be a, a greater concern, even if it's going to be off the platform. You can go ahead and start training models today, and it's only a matter of time until that, I would say, knowledge would become common knowledge, and people are going to start being pretty good at it.
1: I mean, I think it's a matter, too, of staying proactive, right? Because you have to factor in, like, you know, to, to Zip's point, is that you're seeing all these different... Threat actors, you're 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 really kind of seeing the growth, right, in the manipulation of those threats. And I feel like it's still saying, you know, you have to cut the the head of the snake off, or else the problem's never going to go away. So it's just going to be a consistent issue that we're going to continue to see.
3: And, and you know, the the main problem is still always going to be the human factor. You know, when you're talking about you know entry points and penetration, it's still going to be the the social engineering, the uh, uh, that kind of activity that is. Uh, I mean. I don't know. There's no real way around it. Uh, you know, so long as there's humans at the keyboard, uh, there's going to be a way to, to trick them to <laughs> giving you the 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 keys to the, uh, the the kingdom in some way, shape, or form.
1: There, there is, and like that's that's the old adage, right? Like, there's only so many phishing campaigns, and don't click this, and you know, you're always going to have the general human element, but. You know, the plus side or maybe to, to a counterpoint in that while we're seeing <clears throat> excuse me, malware being leveraged by AI that's also been the last two going on, you know, three years or so and continuing on, we're seeing a lot of security software companies and EDR solution companies leveraging that as well. Right. Like there's the defense or there's the offense, the defense and vice versa. So you're seeing you know, a company like CrowdStrike who, in about you know, a year or two ago really started leveraging AI and integrating it into their EDR and XDR platforms to, to generate that you know counterbalance and remaining proactive and how it monitors right we're not monitoring we're not pulling we're not pulling definition and signature updates anymore for security softwares and endpoint solutions now we're seeing you know okay we have to be we have to take more proactive approach in how we're doing this you know we can't be the dinosaurs so
3: no and 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 as you said uh you know there's ai can be used for good not just evil uh as well and and what i'm seeing you know you know again coming from the data protection data management side is a lot of the software is like the crowd strikes like the actual data backup and recovery vendors introducing the you know these other checks and balances in, into the mix in terms of you know really heavily focusing on user behavior user access really securing who can do what and proper network segmentation proper authorization segmentation in terms of like who actually can live in which parts of the network and touch which files and stuff like that so all these things kind of compile together to add to that much more nuanced layered strategy you know uh, strategy of defense so you know yeah ai is going to certainly uh, you know cause problems in terms of giving tools to uh, the bad guys uh, but at the same time we're constantly developing on ai to build these better defenses so
1: yeah, I just was, I you know, um, I know there was at the Commvault shift, and I don't remember if the top of my head verbatim, but I know there was a solution they were integrating with Microsoft to have what's called a clean room, right? So you could take the data. I mean, this is like, to me and my and the way I would frame it, it's like next-gen quarantining because, you know, we used to just quarantine the threats, delete them, move on. Now you could actually have a dedicated clean room to go ahead, scrub it thoroughly, make sure it's there, then put whatever data or data segments back into the environment. Like, I think that's amazing. That's just taking those next steps.
3: Yeah, you see, I think uh, Veritas came out with that as well uh, as part of, uh, I can't remember the program, uh, but it had to do with having a clean room for kind of uh, pen testing and stuff like that. can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I know Commvault did that uh, at their shift uh, announcing that. So I expect to see a lot of people following suit with that, you know, just in the same way that, you know, everyone's adding their own uh, co-pilots in, you know, so which kind of dovetails into the next part is like how... Do you think that we're going to see people actually handing over some of the automation more so to AI to allow them to respond in real time when they come up with threats? Or is it still going to be like, hey, we found an anomaly, but we want the human to check it first. Like, you, you know, If AI is on the offense, are we going to start seeing businesses actually uh, allowing AI to automate more on the defense?
1: Yeah, I think it's just baby steps, you know, getting there, starting with the human element checking and then eventually gradually making its way to that.
0: So part of the reason why AI has so much to deal with is, is it needs data sets in order to build the algorithm and, and tease out the data that we're looking for. You know, we, we have to feed it a massive amount of data. And so far, it feels like a lot of the data that we've been feeding to these systems is either very, very, very specific or so general as to create a lot of you know noise in the signal. Do you feel like one of the ways that we could train AI to be better at security is to kind of narrow the focus of the data sets that we're feeding it? And would companies who have access to that data be willing to share it with others to improve all AI algorithms to make us all safer?
2: Absolutely, I think the first thing that needs to be done, it needs to be heavily regulated to make sure that everyone is everyone's gonna play along. And, um and in my opinion it needs to be more precise it needs to be accurate I would say to uh, a very particular um I would say um, um attack surface and then it would be be able to actually deliver in a much higher percentages in terms of its its um I would say you know airtight security obviously it's not going to be perfect but I think it's going to be much more accurate than just have one tool to try and solve it all
1: yeah, and to and to pig like to go off your point too, it's a, the amount and how much data is it ingesting, right? Because if it's just taking in a bunch of nonsense, you know, how's I mean, there's only so much you can filter through without false positives starting to arise and things of that nature.
3: And you're starting to see that now too in terms of uh, software and tools that are leveraging AI. Is they they are starting to br- branch out and leverage different. AI tools and models and frameworks for specific tasks instead of trying to do the, you know, uh, one size fits all. So, you, you know, you're starting to see that, uh, you know, it's like, hey, I'll use this model for this particular task. I'll use this one for that one. So you are starting to see that getting a little bit more uh, focused in, in terms of, uh, you know, leveraging the right tool for the right task. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I totally agree that we're going to see that continue. Uh, into 2024 and beyond, well, throughout
0: 2024 and beyond. So let me ask the question, because one of the problems that we run into is not that AI is not capable of this. It's that we're not trusting enough of AI. And it kind of leads on to the question, you know, are people going to be willing to turn this automation over? I think, would it be a better question to ask, will we ever trust AI enough to not second guess it? Because one of the things that we've seen a lot with machine learning algorithms up to this point is that sometimes it will surface insights that we had no idea about. And our first reaction is that can't be right. I mean, I look at the, uh, the infamous, you know, people buy more pop tarts before a hurricane data analysis that Walmart did years ago. And everyone's first reaction is no, that can't be right. But now we've kind of gotten to the point where we're like, well, the algorithm said that's true and it's based on hard data. Could there be a situation where humans will want to override an algorithms Solution to a problem because, well, I've been doing this for years and I know better than just some dumb computer.
1: I think that goes back to, you know, the human element, right? Like, it's a matter, I mean, we all strive for perfection in some way. I don't, you know, we can, can we ever achieve it? Probably not. I mean, we're as close to what we, you know, our definition of perfection, but I think that gradually, like I said, like baby steps, you know, to take that time and then eventually get it to a point where you're comfortable with, okay, can I really leverage this tool and take a hands-off approach? That's going to be more of a preference-based on the person, you know, and the end user.
3: I was going to say, I think there's always going to be that uh, trust factor. Uh, Too many of us grew up with uh, the Terminator, so uh, we're always going to be uh, uh, worried about them finding Sarah Connor in the phone book. But um, I I think you hit the nail on the head there, Tom. There's always going to be some trust element in terms of, like, is that a legitimate response, especially if it starts coming out with things that we didn't expect it to find. You know, that's kind of part of the learning process, I would think.
2: Yeah, I think in um, the way I see it is this um, is not great. In and yet, I think we already started to see examples of, um, you know, AI generating uh, recommendations based on something that is not really visible to us. A lot of times it's kind of like a black box within a product. And we've seen some examples uh, to it in previous uh, uh, cloud field days and security field days. And and I feel like that I would say the, the human nature would be to, you know, pretty much trust it immediately. But at the same time, I would say that those that are controlling whether to use, leverage those tools, use those technologies would always second guess it. But again, if it does, if it's not going to be regulated in a way that you'll be able to see a result or a recommendation, plus how did it came up with that? and you see whether this actually meets your threshold to, uh, um, you know, to uh, something that you would consider to be the right choice based on your policies or not, then you're always going to second guess it. And for those that are going to be at the very end, you know, just using those tools, in my opinion, it's going to be very quick right before they actually would start uh, start to, you know, trust it blindly and just accept it. And then, hey, AI told me that it's a legitimate action and I took it.
3: Well, I I think there's the other part too in terms of uh, AI may provide a recommendation that people don't want to follow. Uh, You know, if either you know for personal reasons, ego, uh, politics, whatever it happens to be, uh, they may still opt to override whatever that recommendation is and say, you know what, that's not the best answer that I want to see. So uh, I'm gonna. Go in this other direction. So uh, again, the human the human factor always comes into it at some point in there. But
0: I would argue that the reason why the human factor still comes into it is because humans are building malware. Um, AI systems don't do this for just for grins. It's still a tool that has to be put into use. You know, it's it's the old argument of VCRs facilitate co- uh, you know uh, copyright theft. Well, they're also good for preserving memories. It's just how you operate the tool and the person who's running behind it. So I guess the the next question would be, how can we ensure that AI is only being used for positive outcomes? Now, I'm not counting the state sponsored actors who are going to be using it to develop next generation malware that we never find out about, because that exists today. And we won't know about it for four or five more years until it accidentally leaps out into the wild. I'm talking about the as Matt mentioned, the, the people who are in it to make a buck, like what, what can we do today? to keep the onslaught of AI assisted malware from really causing damage.
1: I mean, that's the thing. I feel like every attack, you know, no matter what approach, I don't think there, maybe my take is that you can't, right? Because at the end of the day, if people, When I got in one of my areas, I love security, but I learned that there's always going to be someone out there who wants to, you know, be it hurt people or companies, make a profit and so on and so forth. So at that point, you need to think like them and then some to be able to counter them, right? You need to be able to combat them in, you know, the cybersecurity element and the war that we face. But there's always going to be someone that wants to exploit it and somebody who doesn't want to do good with it. So I guess that's also a big propellant to why we're all here. Um, but I just don't think there's ever going to be any, even even past AI in the future, and I don't even know what that will look like. But for the time being, you know, th- there's something out there. Somebody's going to want to play around with it and have fun. But then, you know, somebody's going to want to go down that darker path, and you know, not not go the route of the Jedi. And they're going to want to, you know, exploit that, and you know, they will turn to the dark side. And then once they see, okay, I can leverage this and leverage a power and exploit it to its full capabilities, they're just going to run with it. They're not going to stop.
3: Some people just want to watch the world burn um, as we continue down the pop culture uh, references here. Um, But I think it kind of goes back to uh, also an area that we were talking about a little bit earlier in the podcast was, uh, you know, about things like the guardrails and other elements to kind of help restrict those kinds of activity and just, you know, as as you said, not get I don't think you can fully get rid of it or purge the ability to do it, but at least make it more challenging, make it more difficult for them to do that kind of manipulation and, and leverage at least the op- the openly available models out there, uh, make it harder for the, them to do evil.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's uh, becoming uh, extremely dangerous. The fact that it's available uh, makes it extremely challenging to go ahead and try and deal with it. Um, you know, we're not going to start diving into, you know, why it became public in the first place, but um, once it's available, there's always going to be someone who's going to try and take advantage of it. Um, it's always been like that. It's all, It will always be like that. That's the sad truth.
0: Well, as you can tell from this panel of security experts, I think the AI problem is here, whether we want to admit it or not. Once you've created the tool, there's no uncreating it. There's only using it. And just like Gerard said, it's neutral. It can be used for good or for evil. It can be used for positive or negative. The key is how we want to leverage those tools and how defenders can stay one step ahead of attackers. There's never going to be a solution that keeps us 100% secure, but every little decimal point we can get closer to that is less data breaches, less affected people, less extortion, and honestly, less available money for these things to be able to be continually created to get better over time. I think that the AI problem will eventually sort itself out, because our algorithms will always improve, and our ability to detect what's going on will reduce in time to the point where We'll be able to see what's going on how it's being utilized and develop countermeasures more quickly if we're willing to let the tool do its job and stay out of its way because at the end of the day the problem still comes down to a human being that will just about do it for this episode of the on-premise it podcast thank you very much for tuning in we have a new episode about every two weeks if you'd like to subscribe to us you can do it on our youtube channel at youtube.com you can check out our website at for our articles and show notes, as well as subscribing to us in your favorite audio podcast feed. Just search for On-Premise IT Podcast, and yes, we're using On-Premise correctly there. We'll be back with another episode in about two weeks. Until then, stay tuned, stay safe, and we'll talk to you then.